Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter number 4 is where we'll begin this evening. Ecclesiastes chapter number 4, as we've been making our way through the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, king of Israel, has been dealing with some difficult subjects. He has been searching, he has been trying to see all about life. And he is on a search, trying to find something, and he's not finding it. That's an issue. It's an issue for him. He's finding things. I mean, he's looking everywhere. He's checking with his heart. He's checking with enjoyment and giving himself to know just about everything there is to know. But none of it is enough. None of it has been enough up to this point. When we come to chapter number 4, we're not going to find anything much different here. In verse number 1 he says, So I returned and considered all the oppressions that are done under the sun. Behold, the tears of such were oppressed, they had no comforter, they were on the side of the oppressors. There was power, they had no comforter. Wherefore, I praised the dead, which were already dead, more than the living, which are yet alive. Yea, better is he than both they which hath not yet been, who hath not seen the evil work that is done under the sun. Again, I considered all travail and every right work, that for this a man is envied of his neighbor. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. The fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh. Better is a handful with quietness than both the hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. Then I returned and saw vanity under the sun. There is one alone. There is not a second. Yea, he hath neither child nor brother. Yet there is no end of all his labor. Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Neither saith he, for whom do I labor? And bereave my soul of good. 
This also is vanity. Yea, it is a sore travail. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, and they have heat, then how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Better is a poor and wise child than an old and foolish king, who will no more be admonished. For out of prison he cometh to reign, whereas also he is born into his kingdom, he cometh poor. I considered all the living which walketh under the sun, with the second child that shall stand up in his stead. There is no end of all the people, even of all that have been before them. They also come after shall not rejoice in him. Surely this also is vanity. Vexation of spirit. Solomon said in verse number four, or verse number one of chapter four, and also in verse number four, he said, So I returned and considered. In verse number four, he said again, I considered. I considered. Ask you tonight, what have you considered? When we consider something and we are in search of, Solomon said, I've considered these things. That means he pondered on, he searched, he thought about, he wondered. And after he searched, still, as he found out about all of these other things that he's gone through in the first three chapters, it wasn't enough. Now this morning, I want to remind you, Solomon at one time in his life had a purpose. You want to know what happened to Solomon? What happened to Solomon was this. After he finished the temple, he went on to building his own house. And at the conclusion of building his own house, Solomon lost his purpose. was done. You, you can go back and you can read through the life of Solomon and you'll find at the completion of Solomon's home being built, you'll find his downfall. His purpose was done. It's when you find Solomon's heart being turned by the love of women 
in his life. His heart being turned away from God. And you find his search beginning. And you find that search not being enough. And so this evening I want to preach a message from Ecclesiastes chapter 4 when searching is not enough. What happens? Happened to Solomon. And I would dare say that if it were us, and probably a lot sooner for us, if we were to consider some of these same things, what would happen in our own life? Let's pray together and we'll get started. Our Heavenly Father, I thank Thee. God, that You hide nothing from us in Your Word. Father, I would consider Your servant Solomon to be a choice servant. A man of great degree, of great wisdom, of great stature. And yet you hide not from us his doubt, his worry, his lack of faith, his searchings, his musings. You've recorded them for us in a wonderful book which we're studying now. God, we thank you for that. We would probably do it differently. If we were to tell the story. God, I thank you that you did not. Father, tonight I ask that you would help us to glean from this chapter, from the book of Ecclesiastes, what you would have for us. For Father, just as Solomon was in his life, I know there are many that will hear and listen to this sermon, will be searching, and will consider things in their life. And God, I pray that in their search, That at the end of the day, that we would not consider the oppressed. That we would not consider the labors of life. And that we would not even consider life itself. But Father, that we would simply consider you. And who you are. For that, Father, is the only thing that's going to lead us to life eternal is a consideration of who you are and what you have done. And what you have given to us in the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I ask this morning, or this evening, rather, that you would open our hearts and minds 
what these next few moments would have for us. Clear our thoughts that we might have a better understanding from you. Help us in this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the first three verses, we find Solomon saying in the very beginning here, So I returned. In these first three verses here, Solomon is coming out of these first three chapters again as he's been searching. He's been wondering. He's considered. And in his consideration, he says, I returned and considered all the oppressions that are done under the sun. He said, I've considered the oppressed. All of them. All the oppressions that are done under the sun. He said, behold the tears of such as were oppressed. They had no comforter, he says. He said, on the side of their oppressors, there was power but they had no comforter. He said, I've considered this. I'm not exactly sure what Solomon was considering here. But in this consideration, he was left empty. And he tells us this. And in verse number 2, you can see the heart and mind of Solomon is really not in a good place. Because as he says, I've considered those that are oppressed. And basically what he's saying is those that have been mistreated, those that have suffered within the life that they have lived or that they are living. They have no comforter. He said, I've considered the side of those that have done the oppressing. They had the power. But those that have been oppressed, they had no comforter. And then he says in verse 2, Wherefore, I praised the dead, which are already dead, more than the living, which are yet alive. You understand what Solomon is saying here? I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm actually quite grateful to be alive. Amen? I, I'm grateful. Now again, I know what waits for me in eternity. Somewhat. I know what the Bible says. But I'm also grateful to be alive. I'm grateful for the life that I have. But Solomon says, I praise the dead more than the living which are yet alive. Excuse me? He says it's better to be dead than alive. And more so, he says in verse number 3, yea, better is he than both they which hath not yet been 
who have not seen the evil work that is done under the sun. As a matter of fact, it's better if you've not even been alive. Solomon says, you're better off to have not even been alive than to be alive. You're better off to have been dead or be dead or to not even have ever been alive. Why? He said, because I've considered. Now, folks, I don't know how much consideration you have to give to things of life to get to that type of thinking, but I don't want to get there. I don't want to get there. Solomon got there. And his consideration of the oppressed left him empty. He goes on in verse number 4, he says again, I considered all travail. And every right work that is, or that for this is, for, sorry, let me start that over. He said again, I considered all travail and every right work, that for this a man is envied of his neighbor. This also, or this is also vanity and vexation of spirit. The fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh. Better is a handful with quietness than both the hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. Then I returned and saw the vanity under the sun. This consideration, number two, of the labors left him irritated. His consideration of the oppressed left him empty, but his consideration of the labors left him irritated. He said, I considered all travail and every right work. Now get this, he didn't consider every wrong work. He considered every right work. He said, I looked. I've considered this. I've pondered on this. I've fought through this. I've taken this all the way to the end of the track. He said that for this a man is envied of his neighbor. Every right work. He's saying everything that you would look at your neighbor and say, I want that. I want what he has. I want what she has. He said, all of those things I've considered. He said, in this, this is vanity. He said, it's empty. He said, this is vexation of the spirit. This is an irritation of the mind, he says. He said, and the fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh. Are you easily irritated? I think Solomon was. 
And he's considering all of these things. As he's thinking about. Again, if we look back through these first three chapters, and we see the number of times that he talks about vanity. As he starts off in chapter 1, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem, vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities. Again, vanity being that emptiness or that want of substance to satisfy. Solomon says, I just want something. He talks about that, again, that vexation of spirit. That which is troublesome or distressful. In chapter 2, he talks about giving himself to enjoyment and pleasure. And how it leaves him in that place of folly and madness and vexation of spirit once again. Over and over, Solomon giving himself to everything. With no end in sight. With no joy in sight. Everything madness. Everything empty. Everything leaving him irritated. Verse 6, better is a handful with quietness than both the hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. He says again, then I returned and saw the vanity under the sun. The emptiness, he says. He says, I've gone out in search only to return empty. He said, I've considered it all. He searched and searched and searched to find emptiness. In verse number 8, notice that first phrase. He says, there is one alone. There is not a second. Yea, he hath neither child nor brother. Yet there is no end of all his labor. Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Neither saith he, for whom do I labor, and bereave my soul of good. This also, or this is also vanity. Yea, it is a sore travail. He says there is one alone. If this, if this consideration of the oppressed left him empty, and his consideration of the labors left him irritated, what has his consideration of life left him with? I want you to consider Solomon for a moment. Solomon, in all of his wisdom, in all of his searching, in all of his surroundings. Solomon, a man of love, we know this to be true. 
a man that had the number of wives that he had, the number of concubines. And yet, Solomon was a man who was alone. Surrounded by people. And yet a lonely man. Alone with his thoughts as he considered. As he considered life. It left him lonely. Consider what he said here. As he said, for whom do I labor and bereave my soul of good? That word bereave means to strip or to take away from. He said, it's also vanity, yea, it is a sore travail. He gives a principle of two here. And an interesting principle he gives. As he says in verse number 9, two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. And here's the principle he gives. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For he hath not another to help him up. Again, two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? Principle of two. That if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a three-fold cord is not quickly broken. He said, two are better than one. Solomon's consideration of life left him very lonely. Because he had considered everything. In life and companionship, he had considered it all. yet a lonely man he was. I don't know if Solomon was speaking of himself when he spoke in verse number 13 or not, but he said, better is a poor and wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished. Can you be told anything? Can you be told anything anymore? He said, for out of prison he cometh to reign. Whereas also he that is born in his kingdom becometh poor. Look what he says in verse 15 as he talks about what he considered again. I considered all the living which walk under the sun with the second child that shall stand up in his stead. There is no end of all the people, even of all that have been before them. 
They also that come after shall not rejoice in Him. Surely this also is vanity and vexation of spirit. What a sad, sad chapter. Because Solomon is in search of something. He's he's trying to find it. He's he's communed with his own heart in chapter 1. He has asked himself. He has searched. He's tried to know wisdom, know madness and folly. His conclusion is it's vexation of spirit. Chapter 2, he tried to enjoy pleasure and give himself to that. And all the pleasures of life and all the riches of life. All he could come up with in verse 17 was, Therefore, I hated life, he said. Being able to have anything he wanted... Yet he hated life. In chapter 3, he said, I've seen it all. I've seen it all. Still, he said, I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own work or that his portion should be for who shall bring him to see what shall be after him. So there's nothing better. He said, it's all vexation. And at the end of all of this, when we come to chapter 4, he said, and when I've considered all of life, at the end, I've considered all the living which walk under the sun, the second child that shall stand up in his stead. And there is no end of all the people, even of all that have been before them. They also come after, and they shall not rejoice in him. Surely, he says, surely, this also is vanity. He said, surely this is also empty. He said, surely this also is irritating. Vexation of spirit. Empty and irritating. What a lonely life. Folks, This and these are the musings of the wisest man that ever lived. You say, Pastor, are you trying to tell us 
that there's no hope in life? I'm not trying to tell you anything. Solomon is. I'm trying to tell you that our hope does not lie in what this life has to offer. There's more than what is in this temporal world. There's more than what lies upon this earth. Paul said in the book of Colossians, for us not to set our affections on things on the earth, but to set our our affections on things above. You see, that, that is what brings a fulfillment in the life for the Christian. You see, the problem for Solomon was that he was looking here. He was looking here. He was considering everything that his eyes could see. And he was considering everything that his ears could hear. And he was considering everything that his hands and his feet and his body could touch. But there is a place not made with hands. And there is a God that our eyes cannot see. That we must consider. If our lives are going to be fulfilled. If we're going to find that true and happy fulfillment in our life. Now I told you as we go through each chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes. Right now these are just the musings of a wise king who is in search of something. And right now, it's not enough. And I'm just trying to get you to understand that if it was not enough for the wisest man who ever lived, it will never be enough for you and me either. We must learn from him. But you know what? We try to do the same things as Solomon. We try to get enjoyment from life, from the things that we can obtain. We never will. Not a lasting one. It will always be temporary enjoyment. Always. Always temporary. We will never find a fulfilling, lasting enjoyment from the things that we see. May we learn from Solomon tonight. May we learn from, if I can say it this way, from his mistakes. That's why God is allowing him to go through this for us. That we might learn from him. That we might learn from his misery. I don't know about you, but I would much rather learn from someone else's misery than my own.
I've learned from my own misery enough. It's always better to learn from someone else's misery if possible. God allowed Solomon to write down some of his own misery, his own vexation of spirit, his own irritations. So that we don't have to. May we learn from Him by setting our affections on things above that we might grow in Christ. We'll have every head bowed, every eye closed tonight.